Listener Production. Hello and welcome to That's Enough Already. Now, every week I'm joined by a friend of mine and people who I admire and have a good old-fashioned bitch fest. Today's guest, Chrissy Swan, is my long-lost twin. We've both lived very similar lives from both working in advertising to ending up in entertainment. We also enjoy the simple things in life like laundry. Oh, my God, the smell of it, the touch of it. Give me a state. Anyway, I digress. You can catch Chrissy on Nova in Melbourne and she has recently stepped up to keep Kerry Bickmore's seat warm on the project. Or you can catch her right now. Please welcome my sister, Chrissy Swoosh. That's quite enough. Just Just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. Please, Uh yes, I can hear. But I don't care. That's enough already. Um, you started out because weirdly we kind of have the same background. You were a copywriter. I was a designer in advertising. Really? So if everything goes tits up for us, you and I could start an agency. Oh, and wouldn't it be the best? Oh, my God, the best. We would call it Larry Tate Advertising after the great advertising man from Bewitched. Honestly, and the best coffee and just the best lounge. And good pencils. Oh, what, what's your favourite pencil? I prefer HB2. Yeah, yeah, HB, yeah. Yeah, yeah. nice and soft. Yeah. God, I love it. I love it uh, people have lost the art of writing with a pencil. I still write with a pencil I love today. a pencil. I'm too yeah. hard for the paces. Yeah. I snap them. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, same. I snap them. If you're a designer, do you love all the Pantones as well, those beautiful textures? Yes, yes. <gasps> Aren't they gorgeous? Yeah. And also, when I, um, like in my house, mm. there's nothing beige or nothing, you know, like sometimes when I walk into someone's house and everything is what, like my Airbnb now, there's no colour. And I'm like, dear Christ, how would you I know. live your life like I that? I always go for colour, apart from clothes. I wear a lot of black, but I'm from oh, Melbourne, yeah, so that's in my DNA. Yeah, yeah. I wear a lot of black because I'm on the road a lot. You know, so then it's just one load that I shove in the machine and that I can dry. Whereas if it's more, then you have to separate. But when I'm at home, it is funk it up, doll. See, just with that comment, Mm. I wear a lot of black because it's one load, I knew that you were a washing separator and I love you even more because laundry is in my top five Superpowers. Shut up, Chrissy. I'm going to get in my car and quickly come over to yours just so I can sit in your space. I love it. Okay, so yesterday I did my um, sheets Mm. and it was clean sheet night. Now, when it's clean sheet night, I like to come home early. Like after a gig of people go, do you want to go grab a drink? No, I don't. I do not. I need to get home and have a shower and take my makeup off and get in bed because it is clean sheet night, motherfucker. Oh, my God. I was talking to a friend this week and he said to me, we were talking about what time we go to bed and I go to bed very early because bed is my favourite place to be. So I want to be there at 5 o'clock in the afternoon but that's not really acceptable. Yeah. But I said I go to bed very early. He goes, do you love going to bed? I said, yes, I do. And he said, so do I. I said, I literally... Every night I get in and I pull my doona up and I just have this peaceful grin. Every night. It never gets tired. Yeah. I love it. And you know what? The older I get, the more I invest in my bedding. Absolutely. And the more- I like a light duvet but yeah. high on the goose down. So very yes. light but very warm. Yes, yeah, snuggly. Yes, yeah, same. Yeah. Because I don't want to – when people say weighted blanket – I start getting, I want a hyperventilate. I'm like, oh, my God, it'll feel like someone's on top me of me. Me too. And I also, I think people who don't have kids like a weighted blanket, 
you don't need a weighted blanket because you usually have a kid in bed with That's you. That's right. Weighing your ass down. That's exactly right. And, yes, I do separate my washing because nowadays people go, you don't need to separate anymore. They do colour fast. No. I do not give a shit. How dare they? How yeah. dare they? Here's a funny story from when um, my son was at school in prep. So the school that he went to at that time, he had to wear a white shirt and shorts. Yeah. And my kids are messy. I don't know if it's just mine or it's everyone's, but mm. the clothes at the end of the day on him were yeah. covered, dirt, textures, mud, his lunch, everything. Right. So right. dirty. And I would get excited. I would see him at the school yeah. gate and go, oh, look at that shirt. Challenge that's, accepted. That's love. Challenge accepted. He knows your love language. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, one of the teachers said to him, he came out of the sandpit and he was brown, the whole shirt was brown. You name it, it was on there. And his teachers said, Leo, my God, what is your mum going to say when she sees your shirt? And he said, oh, she'll be really excited. She loves <laughs> she loves laundry. The dirtier yeah. I am, the happier she is. Yeah. Anyway, the teacher could not believe this was true and she said to me, oh, your son's so funny. He said that you love laundry and that he takes it as a challenge to come home as dirty as possible. And I was like, that is true. He's, yeah. That is absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, I make little pastes and I leave it overnight and then I hot on a very hot wash. Yeah. Honestly, I've rediscovered the joy of the sunlight brick soap. Like on stuff that you cannot get clean, rub that in, rub it in, put it in the sun. It just comes out like magic. You just hand it's wash magic. that thing. It's magic. It's yeah. magic. And the sard soap too. Bang. Yes, because that's got a bit of a texture to yeah. it. So if it's really in there. But goof off and Mitre 10, it's just a spritzer thing that you can clean stuff and take sticky stuff off, that stuff, because it's got an acetone base, will take any marker out of your kid's clothing. I love that you know that acetone is the key to the universe. I just love it. Yeah. I had no idea that we were kindred laundry spirits. I think we are soul sisters, Yeah, I think mate. so. Honestly. I think so. I- like, you know, whenever I see you, we always have a good yarn. Mm. But then when I read up about your background, I'm like, I think we potentially were twins in a past life. I think like so. Like we have a very similar sort of, except for the start. So how did you start in the entertainment industry? Well, I, I started, uh, my first time on television was on Big Brother 19 years yeah. ago. And then after that, it was back in the day that, you know, reality TV was new and huge and yeah. opportunities came for some lucky contestants. I mean, I don't know. No, even... not some lucky contestants. Contestants who have a skill set and talent and was on the show. Well, I didn't have the skill set or talent. I was a copywriter. I had no idea about anything. I was just a... No, but with skill set, I mean like chutzpah, you know, where you just go, I can make this shit happen. Like I think you can train someone anything if they have that thing in them to go, I can succeed at this, I know. Mm. You just need to show me the right. Do you know what? I think what helped me the most was my love of risk because when I I did the show and it was a risk yeah. and then I was only doing it as a joke for my friends yeah. and then I fully intended to just go back to my life because I loved copywriting and I'd worked very hard to get there. And um, when Mike Perso, who now does Breakfast on 
another Melbourne radio station. He's an old radio guy, been around for a million years. When he contacted me and said, look, would you consider doing radio? I went, no, my God, I've got, I don't know how to do that. And I was already 30. So I was finished, I thought, you know, with my career stuff. And then I just couldn't get it out of my head. And he kept on calling and saying, look, we're starting off this regional radio station in Queensland and we'd really love you to do the breakfast show. And I said no a few times and then I just couldn't sleep thinking I would really regret not giving it a go. And what's the worst that could happen? I couldn't do it or I was bad at it or whatever. I hated it. But it turned out I, I loved it. I loved it. I was really lonely in Queensland but I loved the job and I loved um, I loved doing radio. I just loved it. No one says, and like you say, you love copywriting, right? I was the same. I was 32 when I started doing comedy. Right. And, and I was the same. Like they go, I did a once-off as a thing for work where my mate said, you have to do it, you have to do it. So he booked it in. I did it as a, you know, just a bit of fun for mates, right? And then it just kind of took off and I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I don't want that. I know nothing about comedy. You know, I'm not interested. I, I love my job and I do. I, to this day, I still design. I'm busy making a, a pamphlet for a friend who's a stylist right now. Isn't that great? When did you, yeah. because in the back of your mind, you would have been saying, oh, at any point this comedy thing's going to fall over and I can go back to design. I still say that. How long ago did you think, oh, I don't reckon I'm going back to design. No, I'm still in that phase where I'm like, I could go back. Yeah. I could go back today. Like I say, a few years ago, a friend of mine, um, she's Australian and her mum died suddenly and she's the studio manager for Ogilvy. I used to work at Ogilvy. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then she phoned me and she's like, can you come and cover for me? Because I was like... She kind of took over from me, so I said, yeah, I can, I've got two weeks, so I can clear my schedule. I mean, and she came over to Australia for her mum's funeral and, I mean, that was like three years ago and I loved it. Yeah. I was like, if, if something happened now and they go, look, you can't do comedy or anything related to it, I'm like, okay. I've kept up my Photoshop subscription just in case. Isn't yeah. that great? Isn't it great? I, I just remember feeling so lucky because it took me a while to find something I wanted to do. I tried a few things. I tried primary teaching and I tried a psychology degree and yeah. none of them were any good. And I had this burning desire to work in advertising, but I thought the industry was too cool for me. I thought I just wouldn't, I'm such a dag and everyone who works in advertising is so gorgeous and cool. And yeah, I don't know, I just thought it's not for me. And also it takes some guts to admit that you're a creative person. Yeah. You know, you don't, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. That, that you do need that, that that makes your soul shine. So yeah, I did some courses and got some jobs and then I got really great jobs in advertising. And I just remember feeling so relieved and proud of myself that I'd found something to do with my career that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And a lot of that had to do with the people that I worked with as well. And to this day, I feel the same way about radio and TV, that the people that I'm working with, I just feel so grateful that I get to talk to them and that, you know, we get to have amazing conversations and they're funny and interesting and 
you know, I get to hear their opinions. And I think that's been a big part of my joy from working in advertising and now in showbiz is, um, you know, the off-air times with amazing people like you. Like I just love you and I can't believe that through my job I get to meet you and we sat in the green room before the outside broadcast at Nova and I just yeah. I just feel so lucky yeah. that I, I have these colleagues as well. Yeah, I feel like uh, there's all these little things. That I, I'm like, this is what feeds my soul. This is what makes me go, you made the right decision. Yes. You backed yourself for the right thing. Yeah. But then... Because, um, you know, I'm in therapy like most adults like me. Um, me are too. or should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, I said to my therapist once, I go, you know, sometimes I feel like like I sort of have imposter syndrome. I'm like, why am I here? Like I'm not cool enough for this. This is the coolest job ever or this is. And then she's like, what did you feel like when you worked in advertising? I go, I loved it. I loved it. I said, but I also felt a little bit out there just in terms of, um, you know, sort of they were all so cool and, you know, yeah. like dressing cool and, you know, here I am. Uh, I said for every job, like I used to work at drag races. I used to work at a bar at the drag races and I loved it. She goes, is there a job that you haven't loved? I went, no. I just wouldn't do it. If I didn't Me like too. it, I didn't do it. That's my policy, right? Yeah. I even loved Baker's Delight. I was talking to my son yesterday. I'm like, I cannot yeah. wait for you to get your first casual job when you turn 15. Same. Because... Some of the greatest memories of my life and, like, just me fizzing with energy and excitement was turning up to a morning shift on a Saturday morning at Baker's Delight selling bread rolls. It just felt like magic. Yeah. I used to work in the liquor store and I used to love it. Like, even the homeless guys that would come in, they would come straight to my till. They would walk past all the other five cashiers and go, hey, Ursh. And I'm like, hey, mate, how's it going? And I knew all their names and I'm like, I love these people. And, And to this day I still have contact with at least one person from every job that I had mm. in the past. Isn't that interesting? Do you think that that's important to you because you're a curious person, that you're genuinely interested in other people? Not everyone is. No, because those same people can walk the same path as you, will have that same, works maybe at the same radio station today that you are. And the same thing that you go, this is what feeds me, this is what makes my day ping and what makes my soul feed, there is this person there that go, oh my god, I cannot believe I have to work with these fucking people. Yeah. I cannot believe I get to. So it is it is definitely, you know, sort of how you take your life. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I love I love hearing that from you. That's great. Because my mum always says, life is ten percent how you get it, ninety percent how you make it. Mm. And I think that's fair. It's like sometimes you know you can have exactly the same experience, you know, something happens. This is why even witnesses are so difficult. Like have you ever seen those docos where they go, they'll stage something and then everyone witnesses it and then they ask and people can't even agree on the colour of the T-shirt yeah. or the, the crim, you know, because it's all our perception yeah. of what has just happened. Oh, I love those you know? docos. I love stuff like Same. that. Oh, my God. Same. That, that uh, while you're lying in your clean bed with your clean sheets. <laughs> look at you know, Ursh, can I tell you, you'll love this. Uh-huh. I've got a bed. That is like a hospital bed. So I hit a button and it goes into like there's a TV setting and you hit TV and the bottom of the bed folds up and the top of it folds and you're sitting in bed watching television and the bed is sort of, you know, cocooned around you in the perfect. And then you just hit flat and it goes flat and then you go to sleep. I mean, 
I'm very serious about sleeping. Wow. Yeah, you don't fuck about. No. Mine, mine's not quite as serious as that. I do find now, though, um, beds are getting higher and higher. Like I nearly need a fucking run-up and a backflip to <laughs> get onto the bed. you're only little. You're only a little lady. Hey, hey. No, I'm average height in North Korea. <laughs> How tall are you? I'm five foot two. God, you're even smaller than I thought you were. Yeah, we were normally sitting talking shit when we meet. I know. <laughs> do you? How tall do you think I am? I don't know because I, I have this weird, I think everyone's sort of my height. If I can look you in the eyes, I think we're about the same height. I don't know, 5'5"? Five, 5'10". Five? Five, Whoa. Yeah. Holy I'm shit. A behemoth. Actually, I, I'm always surprised when I look at photos and I'm like, why am I, <laughs> it looks like I'm on my knees. <laughs> if I have a photo with all the other comedians, oh, like on Have Been Paying Attention New Zealand, so it's Vaughan Smith and Hayley Sproul. Yeah. She's the host and he's the Ed or the Sam. I don't know which one is which in our show. So, um. When we do our photo shoots, I have to stand on a wooden box with a sandbag on top of it because they're both so tall that if <laughs> I take photos, my head's not in the photo. <laughs> but then when we do live shows together, you know, like if they go, okay, we're going to the channel launch, so now we have to go chat yeah. about, you know, what's coming up next season. Then the three of us walk out and everyone's like, it's almost jarring to see <laughs> these two tall fucking people think, and me in the you middle. You would think after, I mean, how long has the, the moving picture been around? A hundred years, say. You'd think they would have come up with something better than a box and a sandbag. Honestly, the amount of times I have to carry a sandbag around so I can stand <laughs> on it. So it's it's like, guys, let's just take the photo and show my height. Like when people meet me, the first thing they say is, oh, you're a lot shorter than I thought you'd be. Yeah, it's all trickery. Like, yeah. It's all trickery. I'm normally on my ass or they Photoshop me in. Higher. <laughs> so it's <up> <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me ask you <laughs> what shits you to absolute death about other people? What's the one thing that'll make you want to bottle someone? I've got three. Oh, yeah, hit it. I love it. My mother does this thing whenever she's sitting down, like she's got a coffee or a tea or something, she's sitting down. She crosses her legs and she rolls her ankle constantly in circles. And it has irritated me since I was a small girl to the point where now we're both grown-ups, like, and I have to position myself so I can't see the ankle rolling. Drives me crazy. But, you know, that same thing in, like, 20 years you're going to be sitting at a function and you're going to see an elderly woman twist that ankle and you're going to start crying because you're going to miss your mum and you're going to go, fuck that bitch for giving me that Maybe, thing. maybe. Maybe you're right there. Yeah. <laughs> drives me nuts. Um, second thing is when school mums talk incessantly about what schools they're going to send their children to. Oh, yeah. I find anything a school mum says to me <laughs> fucking irritating. I have no interest in talk about high schools, none. Yeah. I've got nothing to contribute. I don't care. Yeah. Wherever my kids want to go, that's where they can go. I have no plans on ever going to the school, knowing what is happening there. Like I may have to go, I'll do the parent-teacher interviews. Thank God they're on Zoom now. The way I see school is that's your community and your life. Yeah. Go live it. 
I'm at yeah. home. I'm all over you at home. You don't need me all yeah. over you at school. Yeah. That's for you. Yeah. Oh, look, you are, you are, this is right in my heart. Like I fucking hate it. When they go, the, or the school moms will talk about a teacher and I'm like, what's happening? Why are we gossiping about this? We don't need anything. Stay the fuck out of her life. Stay the fuck out of my life. I couldn't life. care I'm about just anything here to drop less. Off. I really couldn't. I don't want to hang out with them. They, they go, we're going to have a quiz night. I would rather uppercut myself than go out with a bunch of you. It's just, it's very difficult to pretend to care about something that you... 100% don't. And, and you know, in, in Melbourne where, where I am, it's traditionally a very high school focused city. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know, it really matters where you go. Yeah. So there's tours and marketing information and billboards and sides of trams and all of that dedicated to schools. And I just couldn't care less about it. I just, every yeah. time I see a billboard, I just think, who is that for? Yeah. It's not for the kids. But also, once you leave school, right, how many times in your adult life has it ever come up, so how did you do grades-wise in high school? Fucking no one cares. No one cares. Or- the best thing about my school was the girls and now women that I still know who are chef's kiss. Girls, same. The other thing that shits me because I just saw Crowded House, God love Neil Finn. He sings the songs exactly like they are on the record. Yes, yes. So when Praise you're me. singing along, you've got hitting all the right notes, you know the words, mm. you and Neil Finn are singing together at last. Yeah, yeah. But I cannot stand the bands that mess with the arrangements and then you're yeah. left singing the song that you know, and they're singing something else. Yeah. Drives me yeah. crazy. Give us the song we know, the album yeah. version. Yeah, that I'm listening to every fucking, yeah. There's, so this is like I love Tina Turner but cannot see that bitch live because of that. Really? And then they just add in a 20-minute fucking guitar solo in the middle of a song. I'm like, this shit wasn't on the album. No. What the fuck? No. And I need your voice to auto-tune or lip sync or something and just stand up there and dance so I can sing with you and not wonder what's happening. And you're a Tina Turner fan, obviously. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you have a favourite song? Uh, no, not really. Like, I just like, uh, okay, so this is my theory on music. I don't think you can in all honesty, have a favourite band or have a favourite genre even. No, but I think you can have a favourite song of an artist. You know, uh, I don't know. It's hard to pick. What about, well, the men come in these places yeah. and the men yeah. all look the same. Same. Yeah, I love it. Private love dancer, it. the best. Yeah. Yeah, I do. But honestly, all her fucking music's amazing. I know. Because I love her voice. Mm. Um, and what about you shits you to death? What do you wish you could change about yourself? That you go, fuck, that's annoying that I do that. Um, you know what? I really wish that I could just relax at home. I can't. I do not stop. And my attention span has become so short, it's debilitating. I can only read two pages of a book. I can watch 10 minutes of a movie and then I'm itching to go somewhere or do something or I just wish I could, you know, I've got friends that just say, oh, I woke up on Sunday morning and I didn't get out of bed until 11. I'm awake, out. 
gifts, you know. I just wish that I could relax a bit better. I've got to work on it because... Can you do DIY stuff? Is there something you can do at home that you go, this is a project that will keep me busy? No, because of my attention span. So I can't Uh. can't do anything like that. I can't do puzzles. I can't... Like I had to clear out my clothes and... Mm. It was hanging over me. I had these wardrobes full of clothes that I don't wear because I've worn active wear every day. Yeah. Everything I've worn for the last two and a half years could fit in an overnight suitcase, right? And yet yeah. I've got like two wardrobes chockers full of clothes. I've been meaning to get through them, meaning to get through them. The only way I could do it was to enlist the help of my son, my 10-year-old. I yeah. said, Kit, I have to do this, but unless I've got someone there with me, I will get two things out and then I'll go, I'm bored, ah, I've got to do something else, I've got to go. So just sit with me and talk to me and get me through it. And that's like the longest activity I've done for years. Hey, thank you so much for doing my podcast. I really appreciate it. God, I just can't wait to see you again. I just love you. Yeah, same. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by the young and effervescent James Blake. The supervising producer was Nick McClear, and special thanks to Ella Leav and Beck Sutherland, who are both currently getting pedicures. If you like this episode, please remember to subscribe and share with a friend. Listener.